we're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. You're listening to the Flourish Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Siegel, founder of Flourish. We're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. Today's episode of the Flourish Podcast is brought to you by the Flourish Membership. Pretty meta, right? Okay, but in all seriousness, if you're a fan of the podcast, then you're exactly who we built this membership for, and you're probably ready to start making some major moves. Flourish is the place where women make peace with food, better their body image, and get healthy for good. Inside the Flourish membership, you'll get unlimited access to credentialed nutrition and mindset coaches. You'll get community support from women who are on the same page as you. And you're also going to get an evidence-based curriculum to help you cut through the clutter and guide your daily actions. Now, we're still invite only, but I'm giving friends of the podcast early access. So use code podcast to get started with a totally free, no strings attached, 30-minute strategy session with one of our coaches, and then spend the next week checking out the rest of the membership totally free. The link to sign up is in the show notes. And again, use code podcast to sign up today. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, welcome everyone to the Flourish podcast. I am so honored. We have a very special guest here with me today. Welcome Haley. Haley is one of our incredible Flourish members, and I am just so delighted um, that she's going to be here sharing more about her experience, you know, before Flourish, now in the Flourish membership um, with, with all of you today. My intention with all these member interviews is that, you know, if you're you're here listening, feeling like you're struggling with your approach to health or struggling with your body image, that you can really see yourself in in our amazing members. So Haley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> so why don't we start with the, the beginning. Let's start with kind of a, an introduction of, of who you are and then take us back. Tell us a little bit of your story. What, what had been your experience with, you know, nutrition, health, body image before Flourish? Okay. So my name's Haley. I live in Denver, um, but I'm originally from Oregon. I've lived here for like five or six years now. Um, a little bit about my story. I grew up with a twin sister and an older sister and my parents 
met in athletics. So we were like really, really busy all the time playing sports. Um, and that was kind of my life growing up was playing multiple sports all the time, being really active. But there was definitely like some food rules or um, imposed from my family that I think back now and realize that that was going on. And also some like comparison with my sister's sizes. Like I am um, in a much larger body than one of my sisters and even my twin. Like I remember, I think in second grade, I was five inches taller than my twin. Like, wow. <laughs> like yeah, so we definitely have different body styles. And growing up, I was aware, but it wasn't really anything that I struggled with, I would say. I moved away to go to college and uh, I went to a college in California that was kind of like, I like to say every person there could have been on The Bachelor. Like that was the <laughs> image we were looking at. It was like on the coast. And that was the first time I experienced like unintentional but noticeable weight loss. And looking back, I was eating intuitively and I didn't even know. And it was just Honestly, I think I just moved to off campus and I was like cooking my own meals again. I found an exercise program I loved, did it with my friends and was just walking a ton. But I lost a considerable amount of weight so much that like a lot of my family noticed when I came back and I got a lot of validation um, from that, especially from my mom, um, who I think had some of the same struggles that I have dealt with with her body growing up. And she was just like so thrilled. I look back now and I think like my mom was so happy and my dad actually like pulled me aside and was like, listen, you look great, but I want to make sure you're doing this the healthy way. So it was like, wow. like, looking back, I'm like, that's so sweet. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh, like I must be really doing great on this weight loss thing if someone thinks I'm like struggling through it. So that was the first time. And like working with Flourish, I realized like that was major validation. At the time, I didn't call it that. I just thought, you know oh, great. My mom's like happy with me. But now I think, wow, that was really like validation and encouraging me to continue to try to change my body. But I still feel like during that time I, I was eating intuitively. I had a good relationship with food, I would say, and moving my body. I think when I really started like struggling through that was after college graduation, I moved to a new city and I started grad school and working full time. And I had like gained back that weight I lost when I studied abroad in Italy, which I was fine with because I was like, that was great. But then I developed this hormonal imbalance during that time in my life. And it was hard because it was like your young 20s. I had like developed or I kind of joined this friend group of girls that were really successful, really gorgeous. Like, and we would spend a lot of time going out they would always like get attention from guys. And I'm like, not really like that anyway. My, my favorite spot is not a bar. But I think during that time, it kind of, that's kind of what started this like realization that maybe I'm different in the way that I look. This is how it's affecting me. And I have this like underlying hormonal imbalance that is really affecting my mental health, my body image, the way that I interact with food all the time. I figured out what was causing the hormone, hormonal imbalance and got diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS. So I've kind of felt like, okay, well, finally, I know what caused this. Let's like shift to trying to lose all this weight that I've gained through this process. And that's when I started doing Whole30s, which I, I liked the way I felt on a Whole30. But like the Sunday after I would quit, I would just, you know, go to the <laughs> grocery store and get like a ton of licorice and just like go back to eating like mostly Whole30, but then having those times where I would overeat because I was restricting. 
I didn't ever lose like a considerable amount of weight on it, but I just, I like felt better on it. So then I was like, well, this isn't working. I'm going to hire a coach to give me my macros and I'm going to spend every Friday morning weighing myself, measuring myself, weighing everything. I weighed everything I put in my mouth for a whole year or like if I ate out, I would eat out at places that I knew had that menu in my fitness pal. And I think I lost a little bit of weight, but it was like a year and I was like, my body hasn't changed. I don't feel better. And I remember like looking at a little thing of cashews and just like calculating how many grams of fat that would be. And I was like, I don't want to live my life being afraid to eat some cashews. So I stopped doing that. And that was about a year before I joined Flourish. And in that time, my body changed probably a little bit, but it didn't change drastically. And I wasn't controlling my food in a way that I had. So I was like, it kind of gave me a little bit of a baby step to be like, okay, well, I've like released the reins a little. My body hasn't changed drastically. I feel better. Like maybe I'm ready to take the next step. And I have been following you for several years, I think at this point. And then I I don't know what happened, but I was just like, this is the time I'm going to join and I'm going to invest in myself because I finally felt like it was like not so daunting. I joined about five months ago. So that was my story leading up to joining. Wow. That is amazing. I super relate to your experience of counting macros. Like that was probably one of the last diets. And I didn't think of it necessarily as a diet. I thought of it as a a lifestyle because Mm -hmm. truly it did take up like my entire life. It's very time consuming to do so. Um, But I think it's one of those things where you're not necessarily eliminating food groups or things like that. But I had a very similar experience where like my body didn't change all that much, which was the reason I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so when I kind of released that control and the world didn't end, it was like, man, I just wasted a lot of time and mental energy on food for really like no reason. Yeah. And I think they frame it as like the whole, if it fits your macros, like you can eat whatever you want, if it fits your macros. And so it seems like you're not restricting, but I like the numbers just like would always stick in my head every single day. And that's, I didn't want to live like that. No, not at all. It is so, it's so unnatural. And it's like one of those things where I think you have to get away from it for a little while to realize like, man, that was, that was interesting. (laughs) That choice that I made. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I love that. So you, you had the whole 30 experience, you had the, the macros experience. I'm curious coming into flourish, like what felt different to you about flourish versus some of these other things that, that you had tried, especially even like working with another coach. Yeah. I think like number one, your experience really resonated with me. It was like, this girl like gets what I went through, but pairing that with like the knowledge you have on like not like nutrition, but also like diet culture, like that seemed like I had been getting those messages a little Mm. bit, but I didn't necessarily get them from someone I trusted, I guess. And like with you sharing your story and understanding, like she's gone through what I've gone, but has the extra knowledge that I don't have through like your schooling and your, you know, experience that I feel like is what made me feel different. And then I think I joined like one of the workshop classes with my sister and it was just like, yeah, everything about it was just like, like the pendulum swinging the on the off. Like it was just like, I've never had, I guess it um, explained so clearly to Mm. me that that was my experience, you know? And it made me think, oh, well, if this person that doesn't know me can like generalize my story in a way that's affect like also resonates with so many other people. There must be something behind that, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, I think that is 
in and of itself, just like so poignant to think about for a moment, because I remember going through that experience feeling like I must be the only one. Like Mm -hmm. I must be the only one that feels like I need to control food this much. I must be the only one that like wakes up so unhappy in my body every day. And I thought that this was something that I was going through by myself. And it really wasn't until I kind of like got out into the world and certainly started working with women that I realized like, oh my gosh, like my story is not that unique. And it is why like those workshops and especially being like in community and with other women, whether it's on the, the workshops or, you know, certainly in the Flourish membership, why it's so powerful because otherwise you sit in that shame of feeling like alone and feeling like you're the only one who feels this way. And so to be able to connect with other women is, is just so helpful. Mm-hmm. And to have like, I don't know if it's necessarily like scientific, but the like, I'm really analytical. So to have the studies that you show and like, like that stuff that I could never find on my own. Totally. Elizabeth, our nutrition coach in the program, she is also big on the research. I swear that girl's brain. I'm like, how do you have just a study for like every life situation? It's so great. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So what have been, you know, today, so you've been in, in Flourish for about five months. So what have been some of like the big takeaways um, for you since being an active member? Yeah, I think we touched on one, which is like, this is a huge realization to me that what you think is like your deepest, darkest secrets are not that unique. Yeah. Um, Like you said, like, I've been saying for years, I don't understand why this is my struggle. Like, everyone has a struggle in life. Why is this mine when like my sisters or most of my best friends seem to not have this? You just, you know, everyone has a struggle. You're not the only one. And like sharing that, with the group made me realize it's not that unique. And then I also think one huge thing was uncovering the psychological reasons of why I feel the way I feel. And that's something I've never been able to do on my own. With Elizabeth and with Julie, they're able to like make these connections of like, well, like that time you got validation from your mom for losing weight. I've never thought of that before. It was like the first time I had with Julie. And she was like, that probably felt pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I guess that was (laughs) a motivator to continue to try to lose weight. Um, So that's been really helpful and eye-opening. And then the last one that I'm still working on, but I've adapted the takeaway is that like what you eat does not define your worth as a human Mm. or what you look like does not define your worth. Um, And like, I know that that's easy to say, but it's something that's practiced over and over again and flourished. And that's really what's stuck with me. Oh my gosh. I love that. So Julie is our mindset coach. Um, and I love what you picked up on or, or really what she picked up on, which is like highlighting like that validation that, that you received. And it's so interesting because I think it's such a common experience, right? One of the reasons why is painful to regain weight, especially after weight loss is because you start to miss that feeling of validation, but it's almost like so much part of our culture that we don't think about how how potentially painful that could be, right? How validating someone's weight loss and praising someone's weight loss may not actually be helpful, right? I think it kind of gets back to that, this idea that we talk about a lot these days, which is like intention over impact, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly when your mom was praising your weight loss, she was not intending to be harmful, but the, and, and even in the moment, the impact probably wasn't that harmful, but it wasn't until you're a little bit further from, from that period of time that you can look back and say, oh, wow, I see how that reinforced some ideas that I had about my size and my worth. 
And, and so the impact of that um, praise wasn't ultimately super helpful for me. And I'm sure that I, I would imagine has that had an impact on how you kind of engage with like others who may be experiencing body changes? Um, I think so. I recently saw on Instagram, I forget what account it was, but it was like weight loss is not an accomplishment mm. because it can go away and an accomplishment is something that can't go away. Oh, interesting. Um, so I don't know if it necessarily changed the way I like look at other people because I think that's always been because of what I go through, my like lens of what I look at when other people lose weight is different or when people are in bigger bodies. I think like my mindset around them is way different than someone who's in a smaller body might have. Um, But your point about like how it, the impact may not be in the moment. It might be later where like your body changes and then you realize, wow, I really got these comments when it was smaller. Yeah. My mom never says anything to me about being overweight or like your body, nothing of that, but it's like the absence of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people do after weight loss. Yeah. We've had members who like in, in the past have, um, you know, like documented weight loss journeys, like on social medias, they'd have like special profiles to like document mm-hmm. it as kind of like an, an accountability thing, which I totally get having accountability, obviously, but they talk about the pain then of, you know, having regained the weight, like now having this like kind of, uh, what is the word, this artifact of that mm-hmm. experience. And like, again, like missing that, you know, people liking and commenting on those photos and now like that, that phrase, it's like, well, well, now what do you think of me? You know, and it, it can leave that, the absence for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So let's talk, you, you talked a little bit about getting coached by both Elizabeth and Julie. Our, our Elizabeth's our nutrition coach. Julie's our mindset coach. They're both incredible women. I know I'm not, this is not news to you, Haley, but, but perhaps for someone who has never been coached before, either one-on-one or in the group, like tell us what you get out of that experience of, of being coached privately and then also in the community setting. Yeah. Privately, I feel like I get this is where I get my most breakthroughs because it's like personalized with your story. Um, And it's for me, it's really like tying your behaviors or your thoughts back to things that have happened to you. Like recently I had a call with Elizabeth and I was like sharing my thoughts and I was like, you know, when I was writing these down, I realized how fat phobic they are. And that makes me feel really bad, but I'm going to tell them to you anyway. Mm. (laughs) But I put a disclaimer on that. And she was like, well, you're not born with those thoughts, you know, like things happen to you along the way. You're, you're not born with these set of thinking. It's yeah. all influenced by your environment. And like, you don't need to feel bad about what has happened. So things like that have been major breakthroughs in the private ones. And just, I feel like I always go in with like, I'm going to talk about this. And then it always changes. Like <laughs> they ask these questions and then you're like, oh, wow. Like that was way deeper than I thought it, my question was, but yeah. that was actually, like, they're always asking like, what's actually you mean by what you're struggling Yeah. Um, with? The private ones, I love. <laughs> I always use my um, membership. And then the group, honestly, going into Flourish, I was like, I don't know about the group. I think on the first call, I didn't have my video on. And then I, it was like, turn your video on if you can. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I guess I'll be vulnerable. <laughs> um, but those have been like one of my favorite parts too about the membership because it's like that sharing. I've, I've like never really had a group of women in my life that I feel like understands what I'm going through because a lot of my friends, I feel like, and I don't know their struggles, but I feel like they don't struggle with the same things. My sisters don't, and they can try to be supportive and they are, but um, sharing those things that you think are shameful in this group is always 
someone always agrees and someone always supports you. And I think like the group calls, even if you don't have your topic, it's like most of the time I resonate with someone else's topic very easily. And so it's like, maybe I didn't think of anything, but it's still so beneficial to go and listen because hardly ever I'm like, oh, none of that applied to me or I I couldn't take anything out of this. So it's kind of like a bonus coaching, even if you don't have a topic that you've thought of. Totally. I yeah, so we do for for those of you listening, we we do two types of, of group coaching calls in the membership. We do topic workshops, which are more like lessons, like we tend to prepare like a slide deck and it's on a very specific topic, but then we also do what's called open coaching. So on those calls, I typically lead those and our members will come in, they'll submit in advance. Typically I get to coach like three to four people per call on various topics. And what's really cool is to to Haley's point, like Typically, you can kind of relate in some extent or to some extent to, to whatever's, you know, whichever member is being coached. But I think what's really cool is when you as a, a member sitting there listening has to do a little bit of like mental gymnastics to apply the concept to what you're going through. So I had a member, I, th- I can't remember the exact topic. I think I was coaching a member on like black and white thinking. And I'll have to go back and check. But I got a message from another member saying, hey, what you were coaching let's say it was Haley, what you were coaching Haley on didn't really apply to me, but I realized it applied to this other area of my life. And she was able to like, just extract this like amazing breakthrough, something that she didn't even necessarily realize that she needed. And it's, it's just such a powerful experience. And so I I love it, Haley. And I think your experience of like, not, I always, I always say when I'm talking about the membership, like community isn't necessarily something that people come to flourish, like, oh, that's the thing I want, but it's one of the main reasons that they stay. Yeah. And it also feels like we always talk about low hanging fruit. Like to me, it is pretty low hanging to show up at the group calls because for the private coaching, like you feel like you have to, I feel like I have to prepare a little bit, know what I'm going to talk about, whatever. But with group coaching, it's like you just log on and like, yeah. you're going to, you're going to have a takeaway, you know? <laughs> totally. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's so good. Okay. Amazing. So I want to, I want to like paint a little bit of a picture for someone listening at home. Like, where would you say you are? now relative to to where you were before becoming a member and kind of coming into to flourish yeah I think um I definitely feel less drama towards food which was like one of the main motivators for me because I just felt like paralyzed in the grocery store with like oh this week am I gonna eat you know bread or <laughs> I'm gonna try to like you know like trying to make those decisions with the on all on all off kind of approach yeah. um it was just stressful. <laughs> and so I've definitely had less drama. It's easier to go grocery shopping. I'm a huge like meal prepper. So it's easier to do that. So that's been one place of like not feeling bad about the food that I've gotten or that I eat. And then a huge growth place for me is I've realized that like the whole when you undereat that can lead to overeating, like the whole hunger and fullness and listening to that. I think that's been my biggest growth point is like I used to do intermittent fasting too. And so it's it took me like several months of flourish to move past that idea of like, I can't eat breakfast before 11. Mm. But it was because like going through the work with honoring your hunger and fullness cues, I realized like by me not, even just like a little bit like a yogurt, by me not fueling at all in the morning, it made me overeat dinner. Because I had been like ignoring my hunger cues for so long. Yeah. So I think that is where I like nutritionally, that's been my biggest growth period is like I can eat when I want to eat. And that's also going to help me 
not overeat later. Yeah. Which I feel bad doing physically. Totally. I don't know if that really answered the question. No, no, it totally did. No, you absolutely answered the answered the question. And in terms of like, yeah, go. It's not what I'm hearing. Is yes, decrease in food drama, which is, I mean, amen to that. I think like there's enough drama in the world right now that anything you can do to like decrease your personal drama, let's, I'm all for it, especially if it's around something that you engage with like three or more times a day and need to survive. Right. Um, so yay for less food drama. And then what I'm also hearing is an increased sense of like body trust that I can, that I'm connected with my body and that I know what it needs to be nourished and that I'm going to do that regardless of like the external noise and what perhaps even like other people are doing. Yeah, exactly. And it's like giving yourself permission to trust your body. It's been years since I ate three meals a day, honestly. Yeah. And now I do. And I, you know, my world has not blown up. Nothing yes. has happened that has been, you know, the end of the world going from two meals to three meals a day. Well, well, it also sounds like not only has the world not exploded, but like, it sounds like it's a lot better for you that you're actually able to make more conscious decisions around your nutrition because you're not like under eating and starving yourself in the first part of the day. Yeah. And like emotionally, I feel like it's one of the things that I made me really like commit to flares at the beginning was I did not feel good every night after eating dinner. Mm. Like I remember, I, like, I think it was maybe my first stage assessment. It was like every night I feel icky like physically yeah um, and it was like not until I realized that under eating was causing me to overeat which was causing me to feel bad like that connection was I did not have before yeah it's such a common cycle so we talk a lot about I, I just did a workshop last night so this is like very fresh on my mind but like we talk a lot about these cycles so people tend to experience like either a weekly cycle or a daily cycle so kind of that all on all off mm -hmm. thing oftentimes it happens like monday through thursday monday through friday you're good you're all on and then like the weekend it's you know totally out of control or and or i should say um there's the daily cycle which is i'm you know i'm good at breakfast and lunch or in your case maybe just lunch and i intermittent fast through breakfast and then something happens. I don't know what it is, but I totally lose control at night and I just overeat. And because we have all these messages like pointed to us, especially as women about what we should, what we should eat, when we should eat, we blame ourselves for that, like kind of perceived lack of control that we experience at night, the overeating, the, you know, like emotional eating, like the, the grazing through the pantry, whatever it is. When in reality, it's literally just like our body trying to support us and like keep us alive and nourished and, and all of those things. So I, I love that you are getting to experience that level of freedom. That's so awesome. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Okay. So something that I always like to make very clear just in life is like, I think we're all like works in progress. I got coached today um, by, by my coach who I work with. And so I don't, I don't want to um, make anyone on the, who's listening to the podcast Make them feel like either you or I have this all figured out because listen, we are all works in progress and this stuff ebbs and flows. So what would you say that you're kind of continuing to, to focus on at, at this point? What is like, what are some of the things that you're, you're still working on either in Flourish with, with Elizabeth, with Julie, within your own work? And then I don't know anything else that, that you care to mention. Yeah. And I feel like I'm still like in the beginning of a work in progress with this work. I, and I'm going into it. I knew like this is going to take a long time for me because I, I felt like so entrenched in these ways of thinking. And it's been so long that I felt comfortable in my body. So I also like appreciate that because 
I do not want to give off the picture that I am <laughs> one with this. I think the biggest thing I'm working on right now is like not even body acceptance, but just like body neutrality and still disentangling my body from my worth, mm. which to me, I know it's possible. And I see other people doing the work, but it just feels so insurmountable right now. And I actually had it as one of my New Year's goals when we did like the quarterly goal setting. And then I was talking to Julie about it and she's like, you know, I just don't feel like you want to do this. And I was like, I absolutely don't want to do it. And she's like, don't put it as a goal. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Like you don't have to jump in to full on body acceptance. Um, And so I've been working on disentangling that and um, just trying to, yeah, I, I have felt for so long that the way that I look determines my worth. And I'm, I have so for so long said like, you know, I think my personality is great, but people have to like get past the way I look to get to know me. I've always said that. And I so I said that to Elizabeth and she's like, so you like that is your you think your the way that you look contributes to your worth. Mm-hmm. Um and that was like, I guess I do. Um I don't know, that kind of got off the rails, but I just think that like separating that like I can say I like my personality but I can't say I like me because I have this barrier to like liking my body yeah so I'm working on that and saying like I don't need to love my body but I also don't need to have it be this barrier to thinking that people will like accept me and I think that'll be like a lifelong thing honestly I feel like it's so ingrained it's going to be like body image where it ebbs and flows every day totally Um, but if I can just make a little bit of progress it'll be Totally. Well, I love what I'm hearing is like you first and foremost, just willing to be honest with yourself and like call these things what it is. I think a lot of us, we try to like rush to that body positivity place or body love place. And we're not, but it's kind of like, it's almost what I'm hearing is like, maybe what you're experiencing before in that conversation with Julie was like, I want to want to be body positive. Yeah. And that's not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful is what like, because you're not, you're not being honest with yourself in that moment. Right. Which does not um, help. Like it does not help us work together. It does not help us make, make progress. It it reminds me of, um, there's this really funny thing that a lot of our members do when they are initially in the program. Um, so we talk a lot of in, in Flourish about like neutralizing foods, that there's no good foods and, and no bad foods. And so people will get on group calls and say like, yeah, I, I had this and I know it, you know, I had this salad and I know it's, you know, a, a good food and they'll start using air quotes around good and bad, but they still mean good and bad. <laughs> like they're using the air quotes to try and like indicate like, I, you know, I'm making progress. I'm not thinking this way anymore. But in, in reality, they still think that way because mm-hmm. it is very difficult to unlearn these things that we've internalized and, and that are still being perpetuated in the culture around us. So what's not helpful is to like pretend that we're not, you know, categorizing food into good and bad. And what's helpful is just to be honest, like, hey, I'm actually still struggling with labeling foods as good and bad, or hey, I'm actually still struggling with with how I feel about my body. And I don't know if I want to accept this body. Like, and, and I think that's so helpful when you can get into kind of get into the ring, like with your coach and start to wrestle and untangle some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it seems so straightforward to just be like, be honest, set goals that you want to do, but then, and that's what's helpful about a coach is that they can say, what I'm hearing is that you don't want it. What I'm hearing is you bought a book about body acceptance and you don't want to read it. Like, <laughs> 
what the experience is. <laughs> like that was literally my call. And so I think like having someone challenge those because when it's just you, you know, you think like, oh, I've taken on this neutrality thing or I've taken on body positivity, but it's nice to have someone challenge you in a gentle way and say like, you know, you don't have to take it on if you don't want to right now, if you're not ready. And it sounds like you're not ready. <laughs> totally, totally. And I think this is also like the benefit of having a real life coach, like someone that you can actually like pick up the phone and talk to and who knows you and knows your story versus like a chat bot who like doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know you and doesn't know your story because they're a robot is because listen, you like Haley, your experience of coming into this program and you know, you're, you're intermittent fasting for the first couple months, you're wrestling with body, you know, body acceptance, like all those things, like you can come into an environment like flourish and, and be working through that stuff while someone else is maybe having a completely different journey. And you're able to have that, that experience while also being in community with all those people. Right. I think there's, there's such a benefit to having the community aspect while also having those, um, interactions with someone who really knows you, who supports you, who's on your team, right? I think that's the other thing too about specifically like the way that we coach in the program is I like to call it like gentle accountability. Like, yes, we hold you accountable to the things that you most want for yourself. This is not about like pleasing us or checking boxes. It's like, Haley, what do you, what do you want? What are you here to do? And where are you in your journey? And how can we like hold your hand and like move forward together versus like, I don't know, I've had coaches where it's like super like shamey and like boot camp stuff. And it's, that's, it's not my, my personal vibe. I don't think it's always super helpful. So I'm, I'm so glad that that's been your experience. Yeah. And I want to say like, if there's anyone that's gone from like a macro coaching and is now considering this type of coaching to me, it's way different. Like, I don't know when you kind of macros, but my coach would be like, it's the same questions every week. And I could find myself like wanting more mm. and Julian, Elizabeth, and even in the open coaching calls, there's never set, you know, questions. It's never like, okay, how do you, like, there's the weekly, like, self-reflection questions that say the same, um, but it is so personalized, and they're never going to ask something that's not relevant, just, you know, for process. Totally. So that, and that's also been so beneficial. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. I never got coached on macros, but I can see how it's like, yeah, how many, what did they ask you? Like, how many grams of protein are you eating right now? Well, I had to like submit my, my fitness pal. So like they, they like synced it. So they saw everything I ate wow. and it was just like, how are you feeling? Um, where could you have done, done better? Like, okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So you, you, that was a beautiful segue. Who do you think would really like benefit from becoming a, a Flourish member? What, what, what is this woman like going through? What is she thinking, feeling? Who do you think would, would benefit? I think the first thing that came to my mind was like, if you've ever said like, why is this my struggle, which I have said all the time, I think it would be great because I think it is hard to find a community like this. Like it's very vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, but not in an intimidating way, but it's just like, I have lived like 28 years of, you know, not really having friends that I can, I mean, friends will listen, but it's not the same yeah. to have as flourish. Um, and I also think like, someone who I felt like I had a lot of knowledge about nutrition compared to like the average person I've like done a lot of research and and like with my body I feel like I've you know experimented with a lot of things but I still felt overwhelmed by all of the like communication that comes at you and even from like doctors I've had doctors like one doctor told me intermittent fasting will change your life and it didn't do anything to <laughs> me like I mean, I guess like I, I do feel like I realized some stuff about my digestion system maybe that was helpful. Um, but just like paralyzed with like this 
I don't know, indecision about what diet am I going to eat this week? You know, all these sources of information are coming at you. And if you feel overwhelmed, this might be a good program for you to just ditch it all, you know? And it's just, I don't know. I think like, if you feel like you're alone, if you feel overwhelmed with like how to fuel yourself, like you said, three times a day, like it's not going to go away. And that's something too, that I think it's like someone who's ready to invest in themselves, which I was not, but it has been like one of the best investments in myself is like, you're going to need to eat food for the rest of your life, you know? And if you can't figure that it out, like it's going to continue to be consuming and potentially like disruptive to how you live your life, you know? Um, But I do think it's someone who's like ready to be vulnerable. I think for me, I like jumped in and was like, I'm going to be a hundred percent committed because I don't want to like half-ass this and then in a year from now be the same spot that I was. And it does take commitment, I think. I don't know how much you get out of it if you're a passive participant. Yeah, that's so. And I think that's the other thing too, is like the commitment looks so different from for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. I know we have we have members who have had such a great experience just from listening to the replays, like just from listening to group call replays while they're on a walk and maybe doing their private coaching. I think the private coaching is like one of the most powerful things to do. And then everything else can like really supplement that. But as long as, yeah, as long as you're getting coached, like two private coaching sessions a month, that's an, one hour a month, like you can get a lot done in in that amount of time and really like grow through that process. Yeah. And with the curriculum, like it's, I think you can, there's so many different levels you can choose. I, I don't think you can be in the program and be passive, you know, like unless you're just not doing it, totally. um, but it does require like a lot of self work independently, you know, beyond the calls, beyond the coaching, like it's a lot of mental work too. And I don't know. I, I just think if you're ready to like invest in yourself, this is what I would suggest if you're struggling with food and body. Cause I've, I mean, I've gone to therapy. I've done the other coaching, like none of it stuck really. <laughs> you know, I just, it's like combining all of those things. I also was like, this is the number one priority in my life right now for me is like figuring out this body and food stuff. So I was like, really I love that. So good. Oh my gosh, Haley. Thank you so much. Talk about being vulnerable. Like talking, talking about this with like thousands of strangers is pretty freaking cool and very vulnerable. And I think your experience just shows like when you do sort of like, I don't know what, what's the word, like disarm yourself and, and, and open up to these experiences, you get so much out of it. So thank you so much for just coming on here, being willing to share your story. It really, it means so much to me. This was like such a treat. And I know that it's definitely going to going to touch many of our listeners so thank you for being willing to come on here and talk with me yeah of course i feel like it's just like you, you create such like a trusting environment cuz julie and elizabeth also say that they're like thanks for being vulnerable but i just don't see like how you could go through this and not because <laughs> it, it but it's nice it normalizes that yeah. it normalizes talking about things that you don't normally talk about and it doesn't seem so scary at the end so totally i think any I love it. Well, thank you so much, Haley. I, uh, well, I'll probably see you next week on a, on a coaching call, but thank you so much to, for all of our listeners. I know if you have, you know, kind words to say to Haley, send me a DM. I'll forward them along to her. Um, and everyone listening, we will see you next week. 